activity. My, my name's Steve, part of the leadership team at uh, Crawley Community Church. It's great to be with you on this Ascension Sunday. Um, if you're with us here, the church family on Zoom, um, or whether you're watching uh, over on Facebook, um, or even on YouTube later on, you're so welcome. We've been praying for you and for your time with us this morning, or whenever, of course, you're watching uh, this. Um, looking forward to being with you tonight as well. And of course, I, I think as Noah said earlier, uh, if you've not had a chance just to go and grab a slice of bread and some juice, we're going to break bread as a, and, and pray together in a few moments when I've finished um, in the scriptures. Um, so uh, if you've got a Bible with you, turn to Acts 1. Uh, and we'll just read a few verses from uh, verse 6 to 11. Let me just set the scene, though. 40 days after Easter Sunday, when Jesus had risen from the dead, the disciples watched him as Jesus Christ himself defied all the laws of gravity and began to rise up and ascend into heaven before their eyes. Um, we'll just pick it up in Acts uh, chapter 1. While they were with Jesus... They asked him this question. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he'd said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them men of Galilee they said why do you stand here looking up into the sky this same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven Lord Jesus we pray right now you would help us as we study these verses and Holy Spirit we invite you to speak into every heart that is listening let the word of God be living and active amen Amen. So this morning we're joining with those same disciples. We're looking up. We're going to ask two questions. Number one, where is Jesus now, right now? And number two, what does it mean for those of us who are followers of Jesus uh, that Jesus has ascended into heaven? I think in those two questions we'll find our application for this morning. So number one, where is Jesus right now? The, the scripture tells us, and you can read it also in Luke 24 and in Mark chapter 16, uh, the same account. Uh, the scripture tells us Jesus didn't just suddenly disappear. He went to a place. He gradually ascended as they watched him until a cloud, probably not a natural cloud, but a cloud of God's glory. Often when you see clouds in the scriptures, that's what they're speaking of until he was hidden and carried by a cloud. Remember, Jesus is a physical flesh and blood man. Jesus was the saviour who after his resurrection had the nail marks in his hands and his feet and in his side. Um, and a, a physical flesh and blood Jesus can only be in one place at a time. He's going to come back, the angel said. Therefore it's logical to say that if he's gone, he has gone somewhere. Um, if I can go all uh, Professor Brian Cox on you for a moment, right now the ascended Jesus is somewhere in the space time universe he rose up into the present heaven um, he's not in some kind of floaty ethereal spirit state of being where Jesus Christ is ascended to right now is real and solid because he is fully man and fully God 
the whole of the Bible teaches us um, Western thinkers uh, a worldview of the spiritual and the physical realms both being real and both existing together. There are angels all around us now. We don't often see them like the two men, uh, angels who appeared in this ascension story. I think a couple of weeks ago, Kaz was teaching uh, about the God of heaven's armies. And she took us to 2 Kings 17, where God chose to open the eyes of Elisha's servants so he could servant, so he could see the reality of the of the spiritual dimension around him that was normally closed to him. The same was true of Stephen when he was being stoned and losing his life in Acts chapter 7. Uh, he saw the heavens open. He was given a glimpse into the spiritual dimension. He saw Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus himself in John chapter 14 said, in my father's house there are many rooms. He went on to say, and when I go I'll prepare a place for you. I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am you may also be. So friends, there's clearly a location in the universe, in the, in the vast multitude of space and galaxies and time where the present heaven exists, where Jesus Christ ascended is sitting right now. Um, often when I, when I get to teach from the Bible on, on heaven and hell and the return of Jesus and the end times, I, I call where Jesus is now the present heaven. You may have noticed I've used that phrase a, a few times. That's because the Bible shows that one day Jesus Christ is returning. The Bible says the present heaven will come down to earth and there'll be a new heaven and earth on a restored earth that will be our home with Jesus forever. On April the 12th, 1961, Yuri Gagarin, uh, the Russian cosmonaut, or at the time the Soviet cosmonaut, went into space. And he famously said when he returned, I, I looked and I looked, but I couldn't see God. Quite a statement. Um, Yuri Gagarin, for a while, became the, the poster boy um, for the atheistic communist regime. The problem that Yuri had, of course, is that he made, relatively speaking, a, a short trip into space. It was the equivalent of, of me going to the spa shop at the end of my road in terms of the length and the breadth of the galaxies. As followers of Jesus, when we believe the gospel in faith, we believe also it not only in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, but the ascension of Jesus. And so the, the present heaven and its reality is something that we also believe and accept by faith even though no one has yet found it with a Hubble telescope. These scriptures we're looking at this morning, they are narrative accounts. They're, they're not stories or parables or symbolic language that, that is to teach us something behind the, the symbols. No, the meaning is plain in the text. Jesus ascended. The creeds that we often use in Christian worship for nearly 2,000 years, they, they take the scriptures, they support the scriptures. We often say these words uh, in, the, in the Apostles' Creed. I believe that on the third day, Jesus rose again. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. So right now, we believe this stuff. Right now, we believe the scriptures that say Jesus is seated in the present heaven. He's being worshipped and adored. He's holding all authority in his hands. He has everything under his feet. And he's pouring out his spirit over the church. Can I hear an amen from wherever you are uh, around your living rooms uh, all over Crawley and, and wherever else you're watching from? 
So this brings us to the our other question. What does it mean for us who follow Jesus? Or even those of you watching today who are not yet followers of Jesus. What does it mean for us that Jesus has gone in this way? Let me give you four quick things. Number one, it means that we have a hope of his return. Remember the angels said to the disciples watching, in the same way you've seen this Jesus go, he will return. The Bible teaches us that we are united with Christ in his death, in his resurrection and in his ascension. The ascension is full of hope for us. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 uh, tells us that, that Jesus, having gone into the present heaven, guarantees that one day we will rise with him. Uh, it, it says in that passage, we'll go to meet him in the air. We'll be caught up in the same clouds of glory, just like the angels promised. Jesus also said in John 14.3 that, that he'll take his disciples to be with him, that he's prepared a place for us. Hey, friends, wherever you're watching from right now, what assurance that it, there is for us in this promise. How the hard life is for you right now. Whatever trials you or I may endure, this is not it. This is not our final home. It's not all pointless. It is not all in vain. We hold this assurance that the sinless Savior who died for us and who ascended into heaven has gone before us so that one day we will follow him there. We don't have to just hope for the best, try to be good, hope we've been good enough, hope we might just sneak into heaven or make the cut somehow. We don't have to fear that oh, I follow Christ, but guilt or shame might keep me out. I might be thrown out. No, the scriptures promise us if we're in Christ, the same Christ who we died into, the same Christ we were baptized into, the same Christ we rose with into a new born again life is the same Christ we'll one day follow and ascend with into the fullness of eternal life. Hallelujah. Friends, this is the gospel we've believed. There's no condemnation. There's no fear of judgment. If we've died with him, we'll also rise with him. One Timothy tells us there's nothing to separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. If we die before Jesus returns, our next conscious moment will be to see his glorious, beautiful face in the present heaven. Hey, some of you have lost friends and family even in the last few weeks. But those that know Jesus right now, you can be sure that is what they're seeing and experiencing. That is who they are seeing and experiencing. If we're still alive, when Jesus returns, we will rise up to meet him in the air and all those who are with him. And then we'll live with him forever in the new heaven on the restored earth. What hope for those of us who believe because of the ascension of Jesus. A hope, Peter says, that will never perish, spoil or fade that is being kept in heaven for you right now until the day of his appearing. I don't know about you, but we're beginning to realise in this lockdown period, the longer it goes on, that hope is the issue for us right now. We've all had uh, hopes and plans and dreams that have just hit full stop. Um, each day seems the same. Weekends, bank holidays, holidays. People are saying, it feels like I've got nothing to live for. I've got nothing to aim at, nothing to look forward to. It's having a strange effect on our mental health and our emotions. Why is that? Well, it's because in our hearts, we're made to yearn and to long and to plan and to dream. Ecclesiastes puts it so well when it says God has put eternity in the hearts of men. And friends, the ultimate hope that we carry is the, the gravitational pull of the return of Jesus Christ. The ascension gives us hope of his return. Amen. Secondly, the ascension means we have a new identity in Jesus. 
the ascension doesn't just give us a future hope one day to come but everything can change now it, it the disciples were told don't stay looking into the sky we're not just waiting for Jesus' return and hoping for the best but we we come down the mountain and we get on with life in Jesus eternal life has started Jesus is in heaven now with all authority one day we will share fully in his authority in ways we can't even understand the scriptures say over the whole universe but in the meantime as those who are in Christ we get to share in part with his authority we get to pray and declare let it be here on the earth as it is now in heaven Ephesians 2 6 tells us we've been raised up with Christ we've we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus physically of course i'm not seated in the heavenly places now i'm not in the present heaven as you can see i'm in my front room uh, that that's not where i am literally but this is our secure and certain hope and even our identity because we are disciples who've trusted in the death and the resurrection of jesus christ so we get to live for jesus today we get to carry the gospel of the kingdom forward with him today. We get to exercise this authority that he has in heaven right now. We get to cultivate a prayer life which battles not against flesh and blood, but against Ephesians 6 tells us principalities and powers in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 10 says we have divine power to tear down, to aggressively pull down strongholds in people's lives and in society. And all this not through our own strength but because we've already had a foretaste of the authority of the ascended Jesus and the power that we'll share and enjoy with him one day over all things in the age to come. Oh, that's another hallelujah. Uh, days like this, I'd love to be preaching with you where we can just cheer and celebrate together these wonderful biblical truths. Number three, briefly, um, the ascension is good news for us because it means that we get to receive the Holy Spirit as we were singing in that beautiful old song earlier, so that the work on earth gets done. That's why we've received the spirit. In all his teaching to his disciples, um, Jesus spoke about this. John 16, 7, it's for your good that I'm going away. He said, no, it isn't Jesus. We want you with us. No, no. He says, unless I go away, the counselor, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But when I go, I'll send him to you. John 14, 12, to his disciples, to you and me, you will do greater things than these, all these miracles, because I am going to the Father. Hey, beloved, without the ascended Christ, we would not receive the Holy Spirit. Without the ascended Christ, we'd be like those first disciples. We'd stay where we are. We'd keep his news to himself. Remember in the Acts account we read right at the beginning in Acts 1, before the ascension, Jesus reminded his disciples, you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit and you're going to go to every nation with bearing witness to me all over planet Earth. In John 7, 37, before he was crucified, Jesus said to a crowd, come to me and drink and you'll receive living water. By this, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Hey, church, Jesus now has ascended into glory. Jesus now has been glorified. The Holy Spirit now has been poured out because Jesus has ascended. And so we welcome him. That's why we're coming hungry and thirsty tonight at 7.30 to encounter his presence and to receive his power. And number four, finally, before we break bread and we pray, the reason that the ascension is good news for us is because it means we can let loose even more in exuberant, charismatic, joyful worship of Jesus Christ. Um, our worship is heightened by the absence, the physical absence of Jesus. 
One day we will worship him face to face. In the meantime, this creates a, a longing and a deep sense of joy over who he is and over the work that he's done. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, on his work on the cross, on his resurrection, on his ascension, on his return. That's why we sing the kind of content in the worship songs that we've been doing this morning. In Luke's gospel, Luke 24, uh, after the ascension is noted, um, the response is beautiful. It says, after the ascension, they worshipped with great joy and they continually praised while they waited for the promised Holy Spirit. Oh, friends, may that be so with us, with the Holy Spirit's help. May we sing the gospel. May we meditate on his goodness. May we celebrate his victory. May we worship with longing to see his face and to know him more. We're, we're going to take the bread and the wine in a moment, and there's, there's such a deep anticipation as we do that. Part, part of our focus when we're having bread and wine is to long that we will eat this meal one day with Jesus and with all who followed him. Right now, we're talking with lots of friends, and we're saying, I can't wait till we can be together again. I can't wait till we can share a meal around our table again. I can't wait till we can worship again at the church building and embrace and hug one another. Hey, guys, if we're all feeling that, imagine how much more we anticipate the return of Jesus. And so we cry out with all the saints and with those beautiful words at the end of Revelation, at the very end of the Bible, the Spirit and the Bride. Jesus' church, the spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus.